Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a University Challenge Appreciation Podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. Why, hello. It is us once again. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of I Got That One. Yes, indeed. And it is also episode 6 of this run of University Challenge. Mm-hmm. This time we have the long-awaited matchup of a Oxford uh, College and Cambridge College. Yep, Balliol Oxford versus Clare Cambridge. And talk about establishment. The combined age of these two colleges is 1451. Yeah, and as Paxman put it, um encrusted with venerability, which makes it sound like something you need to scrape off with a tool. Yeah, it's a uh, thanks for that mental image, Paxman. Although, you know, some people would agree that yes, stuff mm-hmm. does need to be scraped off in this uh, <laughs> establishment. Yeah, so uh, Balliol founded in 1263 and Clare College founded in 1326. Uh, founded by people close to the royalty of the time mm-hmm. and let me tell you, yes, that feels like a long, well, it is a long time ago. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see, you know, uh, stuff that's been around for that long in mm-hmm. the UK. Yeah. And you know that our universities are older, but I think it's among the oldest in Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, producing some very heavyweight uh, figures throughout history as well. Indeed, Balliol has produced four prime ministers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of which uh, is not named. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I wonder why the current prime minister is not being spoken out loud. Yeah, uh, I will not give on my soapbox <laughs> about this. I promised. Mm-hmm. Whereas Claire, they've also had a fair share. They've had mm-hmm. Sigrid Sassoon, mm-hmm. which yes. is uh, the good friend of the poet Wilfred Owen as well. Yes, also a good poet in his own right. Of course, I think the only one that survived the First World War, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think all the others. I think Owen died just after Armistice. Correct. Day, as the bells is, of Armistice were ringing out, which is well, that's when his parents got the news. Yeah. Anyway. Oh well, and uh, another important uh, thing to note is Claire has the very first Belgian. Mm-hmm. Well, first Belgian that I've seen in this. Um, yeah, so you want to take us through uh, the contestants from Claire? Yes. Well, well, normally they start with Belial, but we'll start with Claire because why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got average age of twenty-three. Mm-hmm. We have two linguistics majors, mm-hmm. one PhD in cancer genomics. Yeah. And uh, aforementioned uh, Belgian man mm-hmm. is <laughs> doing a PhD in land economy. Yeah. Mr. Van Soest, and uh, my God, does he look like he uh, is from Europe? Yeah, and well, just for context, Tom is half Belgian, so Indeed. I guess that's why that explains your excitement. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't exactly be excited about seeing UK students because I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah, it's like, yay! It's the fiftieth one I've seen in the competition. Yeah. Also, we have Balliol. Mm-hmm. So Balliol uh, had the, the second uh, player from Hong Kong this round. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So we've had three um, Southeast Asians so far. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call Hong Kong Southeast Asia, more like East Asia. Yeah, true. We've had one Malaysian. So anyway, it's still very good Asian representation, For which sure. I, as a Singaporean, am very happy about. Indeed. Uh, so that was Hung doing economics and politics, uh, Schofield doing classics, mm-hmm. uh, O'Connor, the captain, was doing philosophy and politics, and uh, Crowther doing a DPhil in history. Which is just Oxford's fancy way of saying she's doing a PhD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also interesting that we have uh, two members of that team doing two thirds of a PPE course. Yeah, just parts of a PPE. So what? Can you choose which of the PPE you want and don't want? Maybe, maybe they started and went. Uh, I don't like this particular part. I'm going to drop this <laughs> third of that yeah. whole uh, major. I actually uh, considered applying for PPE mm-hmm. back in the day. Really. Yeah, yeah I think I, you would have done quite well with the PPE. Uh, I looked at the module like, mm, not really my thing. Mm. So that's why I ended up doing history. And you know, it's been some good history major representation. Definitely. So Plenty, actually. What's the average age of Balliol? Balliol? 24. 
Yeah, Billy was 24, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, beating around the bush enough. Let's uh, get into the actual meat and bones of this competition. Yeah, so this uh, this round was actually pretty exciting because it was very, very close between mm. two teams uh, throughout the round. And then not just close as in, oh, uh, someone kept up. Uh, no, often uh, we'd find out Claire, would, they got the starts, but then Bailey overtook, but then Claire overtook them. Mm-hmm. Then Bailey retook overtook the lead. Again, yeah. Then Claire retook the lead. Mm-hmm. And then finally Bailey got it in the uh, last stretch. So it was you know, very much a neck-and-neck neck, uh, kind of race for the entire course of this quiz. Yeah, it was, which of course makes it very exciting oh, for sure. to watch. And uh, you're always kind of kind of on the edge of your seat wondering who's going to buzz in next and, and who's going to end up winning. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely much more of an enticing competition than last week. Mm-hmm. Where whilst, you know, um, Birkbeck did very, very well, uh, no one enjoys seeing that kind of trouncing. That kind of domination, indeed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that part was very good. Yeah. What was less uh, exciting, I guess, was that it was a very low scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, well, final score, uh, Balliol with 150 and Claire with 135. Yeah, so actually, uh, Bailey all got less than Imperial did when they lost. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually been compared to the last five uh, competitions, quite low scores. I guess you could say that some of the questions did seem a bit harder this time around. Mm-hmm. They were definitely about more obscure individuals. Definitely. <laughs> uh, there was one question which definitely kind of trapped an individ- individuals because it was about the father of surrealism. It's not Dali. Mm-hmm. It's another Spanish uh, painter. Yeah. But we'll get to those questions later. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, so, you know, initially, for, for, for me at least, I was thinking that Claire was uh, going to win. They definitely gave a very strong first impression because mm-hmm. uh, Van Soest uh, did a very confident interruption to mm-hmm. get the points. Yeah, and, and Van Soest was also uh, the player that buzzed in the most. He buzzed in total of nine times. Wow. Mm-hmm. But how many of them did he get correct? About five. So about 50-50. That's not um, terrible. Yeah. So because of that, you know, it gave us the impression, me at least, that, that Claire was the stronger team. Mm-hmm. Um, but then over time, we could see that with Claire, there tended to be a bit more of an imbalance um, in terms of the players. Um, like we said, Van Soos buzzed in the most. Ahmed and Dunstone uh, buzzed in once and McKnight only twice. Whereas with Balliol... It was much more evenly balanced in terms of every single player buzzing in at least once. So we had Crowther coming in six times, Schofield three times, O'Connor five times, uh, Hung only once. But then again, you know, it's still pretty much more balanced than with Claire. Yeah, and you know, with Hung, you know, it's this is definitely his second language, and I guess it, it's a bit nerve wracking to be on this kind of show. Yeah. So. Yeah, he still was a very active uh, competitor, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. props to him, even if, um, you know, the stats make it look like he wasn't participating, but that's very much not the case. Yeah, and so I think at the end, because Balliol were just a much more balanced team, that saw them through to victory. Building on that is that um, Balliol definitely buzzed in more frequently mm-hmm. and got that. But I feel like Claire were more consistent on the team uh, questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like Abelio kind yeah. of slipped up a little bit when it came to the team questions. Yeah, yeah. Claire were a bit better with uh, discussions and, yeah, in terms of the probability of getting question right, at least at the beginning, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it could just be that they happened to fall upon fields of expertise or fields that they knew about. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you know they're better at it. Just yeah. you know, maybe the questions favor them this time round. Yeah, and perhaps uh, uh, favoring uh, Van Soest a little bit as the heavyweight, you know, to to get all the starter questions right. Oh, he is definitely a Renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I, I don't know why I'm so taken by him. He's um, <laughs> just, I guess, because he's such a distinctive look. Yeah, he looks like a sort of quintessential European, doesn't he? He looks like a young Herman van Rompuy. Who's that? 
uh, former president of the European Union. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quite a specific who, reference. Who Nigel Farage uh, said he came from a nothing country. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was early signs that we shouldn't have listened to Nigel Farage. Of course, what else but could again, you expect? This is not a politics podcast, so box away, so box away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tom, you were talking about a question that you found uh, particularly funny. Yes, uh, the one about the father of surrealism in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that wasn't necessarily my favorite question. My favorite was actually the first picture round. Oh, okay. I what thought was that, that was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's um, It was a stylized version of a train line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Europe, yeah. where the two termini removed. Mm-hmm. And then you had to try and work out what the termini were. Yeah. Both not just by the connecting cities, but by the travel distances. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very interesting uh, use of the picture round yeah very interesting use of logic as well logic deduction Mm -hmm. it's a mixture of geography mental arithmetic logical deduction Mm -hmm. critical thinking it was you know almost a question made for someone like me a very wholesome question I guess Um, not wholesome in that respect maybe but it was definitely you know uh, made you use every single part of your brain exactly yeah and I got I think two right mm-hmm. which you know that mm-hmm. made me feel very smart so you got the germany and the italy one right right yes mm-hmm. so it's munich to munich. hamburg well hamburg to munich but yeah, yeah. And, then and then naples to milan mm, very good because and it was not too difficult to deduce i mm-hmm. suppose but and was there another question you like another question uh well one that kind of made me giggle slightly was the other picture round oh yeah I really like the picture rounds I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Well, apart from the first one, because that I felt like that was cheating. <laughs> so what, what about this picture round did you like? Well, it's just because it was centered around a theme of women in Bath by female artists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is... As opposed to male artists, which could yeah. come across a little bit creepy, perhaps. Well, I mean, that would just be, I don't know, like delicate nymphs dancing around in a pool or something, which yeah. is... You know, kind of hackneyed. Yeah. At least this one, they convey different feelings exactly. and uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the starter one was, uh, it was, I guess, like a very traditional style uh, painting. Yeah. Uh, but woman in a bath with two clothed men looking at her. But mm-hmm. you could get the feeling that she wasn't enjoying being leered at by mm-hmm. these two individuals. Yeah, and I liked the, the one by Frida Kahlo as well. Mm. It looked like just parts of her were falling off in the bath and being drained down the drain pipe. Yeah, basically quintessential Frida Kahlo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that woman knew how to do her pain. Mm-hmm. The final one was also uh, quite... Right, right. Who the was that? Tracy Emin, mm. famous uh, British artist. She does mm. a lot of photography um, stuff. Yeah. She was also the one who made a tent of all her lover's names. Oh, wow, she did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's that kind of artist. Yeah. I mean, she... She does a very good job, and mm-hmm. she's well celebrated. So you know, more power to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, personally for me, I really like the question on Tchaikovsky, and apparently, oh, yes. he was a very, very shady man. Well, I mean, he's a musician, and <laughs> you know, musicians uh, have been unchanged in the last two thousand years, and that uh, they can be very petty amongst one uh, another. Yeah, clearly. So apparently, Tchaikovsky got into conflict with uh, Russia's mighty handful. The most paradoxical of names. <laughs> right, uh, you wouldn't... The yeah. mighty handful. <laughs> uh, so who were five composers who rejected the Western academic style of music that Tchaikovsky re- represented. So I guess for the layman's terms, they were more traditional in how they were their music, whereas yeah. Tchaikovsky was more European a at bit the more, time. Yeah, a bit more edgy, maybe. Which could be why Tchaikovsky is more known than uh, these uh, five. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so apparently Tchaikovsky told them... Uh, of uh, the first one Borodin he apparently said his technique is so poor he can't write bars without assistance yeah which almost sounds like a diss track from a rap song right right exactly and then of uh, Balakirev he says he lapsed into silence before he accomplished much 
which yeah. I can't tell if it's a uh, kind of a joke about his disability or something. Uh, I do not know enough about the um, <laughs> composer to answer that, but mm-hmm. yes, it does seem a teens bit ableist. Yeah, and uh, my personal favorite was his clapback against Mussorgsky, of whom he said he seems proud of his want of skill, <laughs> writing just as it comes to him, believing blindly in the infallibility of his own genius. That sounds like a lot of authors that exist nowadays as well. Yeah, he seems proud of how much he sucks basically or, or more just that he just doesn't understand that he sucks yeah <laughs> that he thinks what he's writing is pure gold mm-hmm. so yeah that was my favorite question yeah although because it was the music round uh, it was framed in a way that Paxman would introduce it by saying what Tchaikovsky's diss was yes then we listened to a tune written by one of these uh, composers yeah and then but they're always I mm-hmm. found quite enjoyable I found it very enjoyable. They're just, you know, not the usual type you would hear from uh, classical music of that era. Yeah. But hey, Tchaikovsky's more famous. Maybe mm-hmm. he had a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, before we move on to, uh, you know, this is a big tease about something we're going to try down the line. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the teams a little bit more. Sure. I think what stood out was that we had two very strong captains this yeah, time around. Yeah, yeah, we did. They both were strong in the same way in that, you know, they were able to make executive decisions about mm. when to finish conversations, make sure everyone was involved in the conversations. Mm. When it seemed that no one had any idea, they would just move on. Mm. And uh, they did nominate when, you know, someone very clearly knew it and they just wanted to get it out. Yeah. Should we respond why don't they nominate more often? Um, well, I guess when you confer and you can clearly hear what the what your other uh, contestant is saying, then mm-hmm. there's no not really much of a need to nominate. But that only happens when maybe they're they're saying a word which you've not heard before, and maybe you, you're afraid of mispronouncing, so you just let them do it. That's possible. Um, but I think the one that I liked a bit more was I think Dunstan because I think uh, she was maybe a little bit more concise Dunstan with the pink hair oh yes (laughs) wow that actually fits uh, the tune very well (laughs) one more thing I want to talk about before we do the uh, much uh, anticipated secret segment Uh, is uh, so remember how I mentioned in the first episode that Paxman has a habit of showing his favoritism? Yes, I do. Oh, it was blatant this episode, was yeah, it you not? Think so? It was pretty damn clear to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just look at uh, how he talked to so you know, uh, Claire lost, but he spent a good minute talking to them, being, being very, very conciliatory, exactly saying, You know, there was a good match, you could come back. We don't know, it's too early to tell. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Chin up, chin up, you did very well. Yeah, and oh, Belia, well done. We'll see you next round. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. That Why does you... come across as a bit of a f- yeah. favoritism. Yeah. Now, look, it is his alma mater, so of course he has a little bit of a horse in his race. I mm-hmm. mean, Cambridge in general, I don't know which... I think he went to Selwyn, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But um, he very clearly would prefer if a Cambridge team won. And, you know, that's fine, because he can't, you know, deny people's scores. And he's quite fair during the actual uh, question-taking t- himself. It's just afterwards it's clear that he know. He shows who he wants to win. So, but well, yeah, he's only human. It's fine, whatever. It doesn't actually impact the competition whatsoever. But it's a little bit kind of icky to see. Yeah, it is. And for me personally, you know, as I talked about a few episodes ago, I would be very happy if more of an underdog team for sure, um, for sure. came out uh, tops. Because with Oxford, with Cambridge, they've got so much history um, behind them that it just wouldn't seem as exciting if one of these teams won anyway. So, uh, I mean, I was a bit less excited about um, these two teams. I mean, they were great. 
But personally, I, I'm really hoping for, for an underdog, someone we really don't expect to trounce some of these heavyweight big teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I personally feel like these teams are not necessarily the strongest we've mm, seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did very well, but um, I don't know. I think that they need to be a bit quicker on the ball, a bit more consistent in the questions yeah. they answer. Well, at least Claire, um, so far, Claire looks like they could come back. They're among the top four scoring losers so far. So we've yeah. got Exeter... Um, Lineker and Imperial um, unfortunately Reading and Leicester uh, are not coming back anymore yeah I mean I was pretty sure that Leicester were not coming back yeah. um, they uh, I mean they were actually a fairly strong team mm-hmm. it's just that they were a bit slow on the uptake and they lost yeah. a lot of points that yeah. was where they really um, suffered and Claire is on the, on the lower end right now of these mm-hmm. top four scoring losers so they could be knocked out uh, fairly quickly it just depends if we have another very high-scoring match between mm-hmm. two teams, then they might, you know, we might say bye-bye to Claire, which is a yeah. shame because um, they were fun to watch. Not they necessarily were. strong, but mm-hmm. I would like to see them at least one more time. Yeah, me too. Get knocked me out. too. Mm-hmm. All right, so are we ready for our secret segment? Yeah, oh, I think we can't hold it off any longer. <laughs> so what makes University Challenge special isn't necessarily the high scores or the Paxman or the competition <laughs> itself or the questions. Every now and then, there's a certain something that's added. The personality who mm-hmm. dresses in a way which really catches the eye. Mm-hmm. And so while well, we have a new segment called Best Dressed, mm-hmm. which is when we see someone put on a real show of what they're wearing because they're on national television yeah. and <laughs> they wanted to, you know, stand out, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe it's just how they dress. So I think the very clear winner this week is uh-huh. Fansust. Yes, I definitely enjoyed the Fansust um, ensemble. So a very sartorial uh, sweater. Yes, with the nice red rimmed glasses mm-hmm. and the way he's done his hair. Yeah. Which could just be, you know, because of advancing age. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's still, it really completed the look. I think so. I think so. Like, like you said, very, very European looking. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, close second to Dunstone because I think that she really looked uh, quite nice with her pink hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, her way she dressed as well. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought her pink hair was really cool. Yeah, and honorable mention to Schofield, the opposite team, because mm-hmm. that looked like such a comfortable jumper. Right, it did, it did. <laughs> So before we uh, wrap up, is there any final thoughts that uh, you really are burning in your mind that you want to... Well, yeah, all in all, I did enjoy this round. I thought both were very evenly matched teams. Um, Definitely some very good players on on both sides as well. You know, it might be tough to see Claire coming back again, but Belial at least will get to see them one more time. So best wishes to them. Yeah, absolutely. Best wishes to them. I hope that, you know, they continue to do their absolute best. Mm -hmm. I'm just not convinced we're going to see them get through to the quarterfinals. Uh, But who knows? You know, maybe they'll uh, pull out something truly remarkable in the next round. If they're a bit faster on the starter questions, a bit quicker on the team rounds, then yeah, that might uh, re-energize them for for future rounds. For sure, for sure. And I really hope we see Claire again. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think uh, that will be all from us. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you very much for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please spread the word. Tell people about us. Yeah, give us a follow on Instagram. It's Indeed. I got that one in one word. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. fairly easy to find. Mm-hmm. We're on most uh, podcasting uh, soft Channels, services. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be appearing on more as they keep going. So, you know, just watch the space. We should be appearing on Audible podcasts soon enough once yep. that directory lo- launches but until then it's a goodbye from me and goodbye from me see you next week